What's up, everybody? Brat here, back again. It is the well, it's the middle of the month. Today is the fifteenth, and there's a lot new, a lot of news going on. A lot of announcements happened this week, and as always, the timestamps and descriptions will be uh, in, well in the description below, so you can jump around as needed. But we are going to kick things off here with on this podcast talking about Apple because Apple announced a couple different things. Uh, one, they're going to have a services event. March 25th, which is where we expect their TV service to be announced. I'm sure they'll have a few other things, but that is the primary thing expected. Potentially new iPads, but we're not fully sure on that. And they also announced that their developer conference is going to be uh, June th- the June 3rd through the 7th. So we are we're heading into developer season because uh, on the on that Google side of life, uh, the Android Q Beta 1 was announced which is the first beta of their next generation Android operating system. A couple notable things are across the board, dark screen mode for the OS, finally. Um, Apple really needs to get on that, although it's rumored for the next iteration. Windows 10 needs to get on it. It sort of has a dark mode, but it's not all that good. Um, So we've got that going on. But more interesting, it's got this desktop mode as well has been uncovered, which is, it's sort of like Samsung DeX or uh, Windows Phone Continuum. Um, or even predating that, the Palm uh, Folio, I believe it was. It's basically you can take your phone, plug it into a larger screen, and have your phone-like experience on a larger display. It's good that this is finally coming to Android. It's been kind of a third-party hack-together solution for a while, and I'll be curious to see if this takes off in any significant capacity, because previous attempts by other vendors haven't worked out so well, but it's pretty easy to see how this could be beneficial. And now that it's baked into Android, that is a good thing. Uh, also on the Google side of life, on 3.19, or ne- next week, uh, Google is going to have their GDC keynote, where it is expected that they will unveil their gaming streaming service. The question will be, how close is it to shipping and launching? That is a, another thing, or if it's going to launch in beta, or what they're doing. Uh, but we will all find out on the 19th, so be on the lookout for that. And on the Microsoft side of life here, a little bit of Windows stuff. Uh, Windows 10 now lets you mirror your Android phone screen to your computer. This is kind of neat, but it's very limited testing. So what this does, Microsoft showed this back, uh, showed this off back when they announced at the, the Surface Laptop 2, the Surface Headphone event. The idea being that using the Your Phone app and an Android device, you can mirror an app on your from your phone onto your PC and then use the, use the app just like you were using it on your phone. This is kind of neat. I'm still looking for that killer use case for it. I guess for if you have an application you really love that's on your, only on your phone and now you want it on your PC, that could be it. It's very limited testing. You need a Surface Go and a device that supports Bluetooth Low Energy or Bluetooth LE. And that is in pretty limited testing um, given the scenario and the hardware that they're only allowing it to work on. But it is coming. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, builds for Windows 10 19H1 no longer contain the watermark. And what that means is that they are getting ready to ship this thing and saying, hey, this is polished and all good, uh, at least from their side, from a bug's perspective. Although typically they tip, they will patch that thing going forward, but it is just about wrapped up. Um, as I've been saying for a while now, Microsoft Edge, the new Chromium version of Microsoft Edge is getting pretty close to release. Uh, there was a another leak, if you will, the insider page for add-ons, which are 
basically extensions of the browser was available and accessible for a while until Microsoft pulled the plug on that one as well. But all this means is we've seen help documentation. We now seen uh, this add on stuff. And so what this means is that this should be right around the corner. I don't know if we'll see it in the next week or two, but I believe by next month it should hopefully it should hopefully be here. And then Microsoft also rolled out this new education for the C-suite. Basically, they, they announced AI Business School. So Microsoft is you know, shouting from the rooftops, AI is wonderful, AI is great, AI is everything, it's going to solve all your problems. Uh, but the thing is, it's kind of sometimes hard to quantify that and do everything else. So they've launched this executive business school, it's free, with the hope of educating business leaders about the value of AI and how to prepare your organization to actually transition to that type of a business org. And so it is free. Uh, on the Windows 7, Windows 7 has been got some weird news like coming out at the same time of the week. So the first thing is, is that Microsoft announced uh, they're going to start rolling out in April NAG screens to upgrade to Windows 10. We've all been talking about how uh, Windows, or sorry, to Windows 7, they're going to start rolling out. Windows 7 rolling out NAG screens to upgrade to Windows 10, if I could speak correctly. Now, they used this with, with Windows XP back in the day to say, hey, look, Windows XP is reaching end of life. You need to upgrade to Windows 7. Now they're doing the same thing with Windows 7, saying, hey, Windows 7 is reaching the end of life. You need to upgrade to Windows 10. Not a big surprise that they're doing this. They are claiming that you would be able to turn it off with one click. Uh, if you remember the NAG screens from Windows XP. That wasn't quite the case. Now, the reason why this is kind of awkward is Microsoft also announced that they are bringing some of DirectX 12 to Windows 7. So one hand is telling us, don't use Windows 7. And the other hand is saying, hey, if you are going to continue to use it, here's some DirectX 12 functionality. I believe it was with World of Warcraft, and they said there are other games that are going to be supporting it. I, I, the timing of this doesn't make sense. My guess is that Microsoft has been working on this for a long time, and they just finally got it to a point where they could ship it. And it just so happened to be on the same week that they announced that, hey, if you're running Windows 7, we're going to start nagging you to upgrade to Windows 10. That is Microsoft communication in a nutshell. Now, on the Xbox side of life, there was a lot of news this week. I've done some other videos on the channel. Make sure to check that out. Uh, but they announced a game stack, which Microsoft is bringing PlayFab to Azure. And they're making a bundle of services together to make it easier to build a next generation or, well, I guess even technically current generation console or PC game. And so they're just wrapping this all up and just showing how all these services kind of are interwoven together to make Azure the best platform to, for developing your next, next great game or whatever. Um, and then also they are now talking about Xbox Live on iOS and Android where they are shipping an SDK that will bring Xbox achievements, gamer score, and a few other bits of functionality to mobile developers on those platforms who want to integrate with the platform. So that is now coming to um, Minecraft. The big popular game that Microsoft bought for, I believe, about $2 billion is coming to Game Pass. So if you're a Game Pass subscriber, you're going to get Minecraft for free. I'm actually a little surprised it took this long. I, I'm guessing that Microsoft is starting to see the sales kind of maybe level off or decline pretty heavily. And they're like, okay, it's time to put it behind Game Pass. Because if it was selling incredibly well, which is, this is sort of the problem with, with Game Pass, why would you put it behind that service? But anyways, if you're using Game Pass, you now get Minecraft for free. And then Master Chief Collection is coming to the PC, as I'd been saying for a couple weeks, or was it even months or whatever. Uh, that is now happening in rollout stages from Halo Reach all the way through, and they'll be releasing it in chronological order. Uh, there's also a translucent white controller. GDC is next week. And finally, Fortnite making some interesting news. They are going to force Xbox One and PS4 players to play together because 
why not? It'll be interesting to see if uh, one group is better than the other, but uh, they should do like a 50v50 Xbox versus PC or Xbox versus PlayStation playlist. I think a lot of people would go over that. That would be a lot of fun. It'd just be kind of interesting to watch at the end of the day. So uh, a lot of questions this week, a lot, a lot, a lot of questions, which is my favorite part of the week. So we are going to dive in. Uh, Drunken Git says, a while back, a while back rumor had it that Microsoft patented a magnetic USB-C connector. Is there any news or was it fake news? Uh, or so if, do you think this is common or da, 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 da? Um, first, and then he also says, are you a dog or cat person? I'm a dog person. I like cats. I don't, I don't really have anything against cats, but we have a dog. Um, so I have heard about, I, I know what he's talking about. The question is, when are they going to bring it to the device? We don't know. These are things that Microsoft has. Uh, you got to understand that Microsoft will patent just about anything that it can get a patent for. That doesn't necessarily mean it's coming to a product. Now they've patented a magnetic USB type C service connector, which is great. The question is, we don't know how well it works. So I, I don't have any insight on if this is coming to the next generation yet or ever, honestly. Um, Skoll says, what do you mean in your Windows Lite Centauri ar Santorini article when you say that Santorini will have File Explorer? Santorini will have the UWP File Explorer, not a legacy one, right? I don't know yet. I just, I, I know that it has a File Explorer capabilities. The reason why I added that little nugget is that remember when like iOS launched, it didn't have, well, it still doesn't really have a proper File Explorer, um, which is a, a pretty important part of the PC and just computing experience. So I wanted it to be explicitly clear in that post that it is that it does have a file explorer with it. Uh, Mr. PKI says, do you think Xbox cloud streaming has any reasonable potential at all if they're only showing a racing game? So this is interesting. A good question. The reason why I say it's interesting is that Microsoft loves to demo everything with Forza. Why? Well, racing games, unlike many other types of games, are easier to make look really good just higher polygon count higher resolutions higher frame rates per second mostly because it's a relatively linear experience and i'm not talking about forza horizon i'm talking about proper just forza because it's it it's a very linear path right so um microsoft has always used forza because they can crank up uh, the visual glitter if you will and so his question is is if they're showing it with xcloud what about first person shooters which is where these things are probably going to make or break because of the latency. Um, all I got to say is I really would, I'm waiting for another game besides Forza to be demoed. And not, I'm not talking about a platformer. I, I'm waiting for them to demo Call of Duty, Apex, Legends, uh, Fortnite, something like that, where timing sen sensitive reactions make or break how this is going to work. And so it, it's very clearly... Uh, they specifically are using Forza for that exact reason. So we'll find out. We'll find out. NGC224 says, can we expect a wearable, wearable product from Microsoft in 2019? So I guess it defines what you mean by wearable because I know of some things that they're working on, but I don't believe any of them are like a health or fitness watch type device. So on that front, I don't think so. I don't think so. BDSRF says, Hi Brad, with Windows 7 hitting end of life in less than a year, do you know if Microsoft is also using this opportunity to push Surface devices to business? Uh, they could sell a lot of Surface computers in the next year or two because of the Windows 7 ELI. I hope they take advantage of this opportunity. Yes, they, they, Microsoft has been pushing uh, Surface to business for a while now. And so 
Is there an increased push with Windows 7 end of life? I'm sure there is, but also every other vendor on the planet is also taking uh, this opportunity because if you're migrating OS, it's a good time to migrate hardware as well. It used to be Microsoft kind of screwed this up with their rapid release that you would just go buy new hardware because most operating systems would last in the enterprise three to five years. You know, I'm talking to generalities here. And then so you just buy that machine with the license. And then when you're done, you just bin it and go buy a new uh, new hardware with the new OS. So are they pushing it to business? Absolutely. Is that any different than what they were doing a year ago? Not really. I mean, they were pushing these things as hard as they can. And uh, they're also pushing, pushing them with Microsoft 365 as well. So Will R says, Brad, do you know what the next gen Xbox will look like in terms of physical design? The Xbox One S is honestly the best looking console of all time. I am eagerly waiting to see what the next gen stuff will look like. I agree. This Xbox One S back here, this white version, is my favorite console from a, a visual perspective. I think it's gorgeous. I think they did a wonderful job. I do not know what the next gen is going to look like. I, I, I have not seen it yet. So, unfortunately, I bet it looks, honestly, I bet it looks very similar to something like an Xbox One X would be my guess. Um, maybe they'll change it up and maybe get a little rounder. I don't know. I mean, they'll definitely do something to differentiate the Xbox One X from the Anaconda and Lockhart devices physic from a physical perspective. But I think the Xbox One X is just showing, you know, they're getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And so I would expect something along that trend. Jules Wombat says, Brad, do you feel that an Android-based desktop represents any significant threat to Windows in business? How can a heavyweight OS like Windows with all administration overhead compared to a simple lightweight platform? Well, as uh, Right IS responded, there's a lot. There's a lot that goes into evolve for an enterprise to adopt a brand new OS, and lightweight and flexibility aren't always there because you got to remember legacy support is critical in the enterprise. Some the largest companies on the planet, I guarantee, have some really crappy software that they use that was written many years ago that can't be updated that they need to run for critical business functionality. And they're not going to simply just try to port something like that over to Android right now uh, or potentially ever because it's that critical to business, whether it be on an assembly line, whether it be in testing or something like that. When the strength of Windows is its legacy, its ongoing legacy support, I should say. It's con the continuation of being able to run older applications that are business critical that they have no need to update because they form, let's just say, one simple function, but that function might be critical, but it works, right? You don't fix what's not broken. So there you go. Does it represent any threat to Windows in business? The only way I see it being a threat is for the, the lightweight end user, for potentially like a sales representative um, out in the field who just needs basically an internet connection in a web browser. For that type of user, absolutely it is a threat, but that threat is not new. You can make that same argument with iPads today, iPhones. So is it a threat? Yes. It, you can't ignore that it's a threat. Is it any different than the threats we have today? We have Microsoft has today from Windows. No, I, I don't think there, it's any different than or any. Gosh, I'm screwing this up. Is it any different of a threat than what they already have today from iOS and Android? I don't think so. I, I really don't. Um, it's a it's a growing up of that experience, and maybe I'll you know completely miss the target here. But I fail to see how a company that's running a large ERP installation um, is going to just going to say, oh, let's just screw it. Let's just 
switch over to Android with unknown security vectors and all that good stuff. And the other big thing that Microsoft does exceptionally well is a common identity across all of its platforms, which is hard to replicate. And so is it a threat? Yes. Is it going to destabilize Windows any further than it has been by iOS and Android? I don't, I don't think so. Uh, the Joe Finn says, it has been interesting to watch the issues list on Windows Calculator on the GitHub repo. Now, for clarity's sake, Microsoft open sourced its calculator in Windows and put it up on GitHub. And there are some trolls, but mostly valid issues with the app. It makes me excited to think Microsoft open sourcing more of Windows. Do you have any idea what the open source plan is for Windows? More utilities like Notepad, WordPad, Alarms, 3D Viewer, any core OS components, Action Center, Start Menu that you can think of that could be open source. Um, so I have heard that more apps are going to be open source. Calculator was the first example. I bet we see Notepad, I've heard, is up there. Are they going to open source more core functionality like the start menu and all that stuff? I don't know. I, I would love it if they would, though, because and Microsoft has to tread carefully because they don't want to expose too much. But at the same time, they can get free help and free additions to the Windows platform. And I, there is serious value in open sourcing more of the core OS uh, to bring more functionality in. One of the things that makes that made uh, the My People remember that feature that they hyped up really kind of just not do anything is because it, it was just Microsoft's platform. They, they needed that third party extensibility, which it didn't, it never materialized. Um, same with timeline. Timeline needs the same thing. Timeline is one of those features I would love for them to open source because that is the perfect spot for it. But we will see. We will see. Uh, Simon says, Everyone seems to be focusing. I love this question. Everyone seems to be focusing on Windows 7 end of life in January, and they keep forgetting about Windows 2008 R2. Windows Server 2008 R2 is also end of life on that date. This will probably have a more effect on than Windows 7, as much harder to migrate server apps and desktop apps. He is absolutely right in every way. Server operating. This is the crazy thing. Is Server migrating server operating systems is significantly harder than doing a desktop because of the complex nature of how servers operate. And then Microsoft got the balls to say, hey, why don't we upgrade server operating systems twice a year? And they, they moved over to that Windows lifecycle thing. It was dumb. And basic idea with the server is if it's working, it's functional and it's secure, don't touch it. Don't touch it. You don't touch it. <laughs> because why screw with what's working for the business? Again, it's an appliance. You got the business running, don't mess with it. But when server 2008 R2 reaches end of life, which is a popular server operating system, everyone's going to have to migrate because you're not going to want to be paying for extended support and you need to upgrade every once in a while. Um, while you don't want to do it every year or even every couple years, it, if you're still running 2008 R2, you're missing a lot of modern functionality that you will get in the newer builds. So uh, I fully agree that this is going to be a bigger impact and a much harder migration than anybody else. This is, Which is why myself and many others are preaching if you're not starting the migration process now you're going to be screwed because if you're trying to migrate server 2008 r2 and windows 7 and office uh what is it office 2010 i believe all at the same time that is that is a hell uh, to be living like that is a that is a very serious challenge and so it, it's something you got to be aware of if you're in that space uh dondry or dondry says Will the next Surface Pro use a Snapdragon 8CX? Will there ever be a Snapdragon 1000 as once rumored? When will the Surface products use Thunder Thunderbolt 3? Um, oh, I thought I knew when the Thunderbolt 3 was coming. I was going to say this year, but that decision has been made, but I don't know I don't know the answer yet. USB 4 isn't for a couple years off. Like that just they just finalized I think the spec and it's going to take some time for uh, vendors to to spin that up if you will. 
Um, as for a Snapdragon running 8CX, a Snapdragon, a Surface, I don't know if you'll see a Surface Pro running that. I very much could see something like the Surface Go running something like that, or the Centauri uh, and Andromeda-based devices, I believe, are using some Snapdragon. Now, the thing is, keep this in mind, uh, Santorini, which is Windows, the codename for Windows Lite, is designed to run on both Intel and ARM processors. So I fully expect to see Windows Lite devices running on this 8CX. Otherwise, I think Snapdragon is going to be pretty pissed off that they made this PC chip, and then there's not a lot of PCs running it. Uh, and then Brother Nod says, any credible rumors for how powerful the next boxes will be? This is an interesting question that comes up so often. People are very, very concerned about the power because I, I know why because they're going to be like well sony has this and xbox needs to be more powerful like i'm not in that boat i'm in the boat that we need to get to 4k 60 frames per second which i think is completely doable with next not in the next generation xboxes considering there's an xbox one x that can already do 4k gaming not necessarily at 60 frames but it can do it and we're going to do a pretty significant generation jump and not only CPU, but GPU as well. So I think 4K 60 frames per second is going to be the bare minimum. And it has to be 4K 60 frames per second while streaming and doing everything else that the Xbox has to do. It can't be one or the other type scenario. So to me, that is more important than saying, oh God, it's 25 teraflops of power. That is, I think people are going to get lost in this benchmark race. It reminds me of chasing down megapixels in, these, in cell phones, right? The difference between a 24 megapixel camera and a 28 megapixel camera, you can't tell the difference. You really can't, especially on a phone. That is that is kind of my justification that as long as they're close, everything is going to be fine. So with that, guys, uh, that wraps up for this week. We do this just about every Friday that I can. And uh, have yourselves a wonderful time. Hit that subscribe button. We'll catch you guys back right here next time.